love our clowns. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture-related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and join me tonight, we have our chivalry of Shota Shotaro. I'm not here for a good time. I'm here for a long time. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> well, I hope you've come for a good time tonight, because uh, you and I are actually going to be discussing the second half of the second season of ReZero. Uh, which aired during the winter 2021 season. Uh, Natai was supposed to actually join us tonight, but uh, something came up and he cannot. So it's just going to be you and I show. Aren't you excited? Um, I was telling you that rewatching this show was so <laughs> painful. So I am <laughs> just ecstatic to talk about it. <laughs> Oh man, um, which it's it's funny you say that given what I already know your score for this half season is. Yeah, I did like it. I really liked it the first time I watched. I really don't like rewatching things, and this was such a headache to rewatch. It's just so dense and pretentious and very pretentious. So, well, and also, can we talk about like consistently half hour long episodes? Like normally, a, so an episode long. of anime is like twenty two to twenty three and a half minutes long. And that includes things like, you know, OPs and EDs, where this one had consistently like 29 minute, 30 second episodes. So near enough to half an hour. Um, And almost none of them had an OP or an ED. I mean, I didn't mind when I first watched it because I didn't know what was going to happen. So I'm like, Mm. oh, my God, like I will like sit through this whole thing to find out what's going to happen at the end. But now that I'm rewatching it, I'm like all these people are going on and on with all these monologues and like it's like it's nothing is happening (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i mean that's that's something that's unique about re-zero especially the second season is that we are consistently getting nearly half hour long episodes um and very few ops and eds i mean we can talk about the ops and eds all two times that we saw them in this half season listen i really like that op i don't i mean the visuals were all right but i really like that song oh the song was 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 fucking fantastic like i just again it's something i wish we could have seen more of this is like a constant criticism i have with re-zero it's like either commit to not having an op and an ed or let us see it and then give us a couple more episodes because i actually worked it out it's something like you know because they gave us consistently half hour long episodes it's almost like we got three additional episodes worth of content you're probably right it's close enough to three episodes um it's like two episodes in like maybe 20 minutes um which is amazing when you think about it but also like in all that time you couldn't give us consistently having ops and eds especially considering that the op for this half season was kind of good when we got to see it i mean again the visuals were all right but i like the song um i mean it's funny you complain about ops and eds because they're mostly used for filler to pad time so you're like complaining that we're getting more content 
really i know it, it does I, I i hate complaining about it because you know it, we are getting more content and it's something that i've talked about in anime it's like i really wish we'd get some longer anime that could tell some more you know compelling stories i think like a half hour runtime is sometimes not enough to tell a compelling story in an episodic form but like yeah it does feel like i'm complaining about it i'm not complaining about the fact that there isn't one i'm complaining about the fact that it's not consistent hmm I don't mind. Uh, I mean, I, I was fine with that. Okay, fair enough. Um, so we had a couple of different EDs also, quote-unquote EDs, in this season. Um, two of them were by, I'm assuming, a group called No Knock. I think that's how you say it. Sure. Or No Knock? I don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to say it. Um, and then we had one that was sung by Rie Takahashi, who is Amelia's voice actor. And then we had another one that was sung by uh, Rie Murakawa, who is Ram's voice actor. So uh, I thought Rie's. they were all pretty good. I thought all the songs were pretty good. Yeah, they were emotional when they needed to be. So they did a good job with that. I especially loved the one that uh, Rie Takahashi sung. Uh, it was called Door. Um, I really like that one. Hmm. Um Something else I want to talk about, at least in terms of like the technical aspects of this, um, and this kind of goes back to the first half of this season as well, just how consistent the animation quality has been. Like, Because um, with the first half of the second season, there was a, a large chunk of it that was done uh, when people had to go work from home during COVID. Um, and it's still, I couldn't really tell a difference. I don't know if you could. Not the first time I watched it, but the second time around, I noticed the fights were very... They lacked an animation. Like, they were still enjoyable to watch, but they weren't necessarily mm. animated a lot, if you know what I'm saying. Like, mm. there was not a lot of movement yeah. that was animated. But they were still gotcha, pretty, gotcha. like, like tense. And it was a I mean, they were still... They were still- yeah, it was still pretty well animated, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I feel like that's something that for the Blu-ray releases might be cleaned up. Um, I don't know about that. Well, I, well, I'll we'll see about that. But I mean, I feel like that's something that they could definitely clean up for a Blu-ray release. Uh, but I just generally how just consistent the animation quality has been, especially with the CG that they are using throughout. I mean, like it just it doesn't stand out too much. I mean, obviously, I can still tell when some stuff is CG, but it doesn't stand out as much as something like I don't know, Attack on Titan is a good example. Mm. Um, it seems to flow better with the two D animation. Uh, than a lot of other productions, I think. Yeah, the CG was not too uh, immersion-breaking, so it was mm. not bad. All right, so let's actually get into the meat and potatoes of this, the story. Um, so it it starts off right where the first half kind of left off, um, and we see Subaru making a bet with Rosewall to save the sanctuary. So... This is, like, one interesting thing about this season is that Subaru says that he's going to save the sanctuary in one loop, so there mm. are no return by deaths this season. Mm. Um, and considering all the events that happened, it's it's quite impressive that uh, there were no return by deaths. Especially, yes. like, considering the first half, there were, like, a lot, and then they managed to like tell a full story in such a long period of time uh, mm. without reverting to the return by death once. So that was very interesting. 
yeah, it's, it's it certainly breaks the formula that you've come to expect with ReZero, doesn't it? It does. Um, also, I don't, I really don't understand why Subaru doesn't want to rely on Return by Death. Like, in character, it makes no sense for him not to rely on it. But out of character, like, as from a narratorial perspective, I feel like the author is like, okay, we have to solve this. Stop going back and doing shit. We have to, like, get get going next arc. That's what it yeah, seems we... very meta to me. Like, it doesn't make sense for Subaru to not rely on it for me. It, it I, I kind of thought that, too. Like, it's almost like the, the, uh, the author is saying, like, I know you're ready to move on. I'm ready to move on. Let's move on. Basically. <laughs> um, but no, I, I definitely thought that was a break in the formula, which I, I kind of appreciate, honestly. Um, as much as I like the whole return by death mechanic that the sto- the hook that ReZero is sort of based on, um, I do think it was being used too much. Now, it, to be fair, like there was the first four or five episodes of the first half of the second season where it wasn't used at all, and I think a lot of us were starting to think like, "Is this it? Like, is he never going to use it again?" And then, like the second half of that half of the season, he uses it a lot. I honestly, and then he goes an entire half season without using it at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was definitely used very often, but I don't think it was overused. I think that gimmick was a very appealing part of the show. And it's mm. funny that Subaru's like, like, oh, what did he say? Oh, it's not a useful power at all. I'm like, what are you talking about? It is like so useful. <laughs> I'm like, I just don't, this makes no sense. Um, It would be interesting to see. I, I, I don't know if anyone out there does know the answer to this. I'd love to hear it. If you, if you know the, the difference in the number of times returned by death he's used in the first season as compared to the entirety of the second season. Um, I don't know what the difference in the number is. I, he has to have used it less times in the second season, I feel. Well, the second season was shorter than the first season. Not by much. It wasn't? Wasn't it 12 episodes? The first season? No, the first season was 24 episodes. Oh, you, you're talking about the full second season. Oh, okay. Yeah, the whole second season. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, the second season as a whole. Well, I, obviously, I if despite he, how it he's, ended. he's adopted abstinence for the second half of the second season, yeah. <laughs> so obviously he'd use it more in the first season. True. I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see the difference in the number of times it's used. Like, I, I'd have to go back and count it, but if anyone does know the answer to that question, I'd love to hear it. Tell us down below in the comments. Um, something else we learn um, it, very early on is Rosewall's motives for doing what he's doing. Yeah, so um, we were kind of it was like we were kind of in the dark why this was happening in the first half, and now we get to learn more about Roswell and why he's killing everyone. Which, to be honest, is still a bit vague. But like by the end of the season, we realize that his end game is to revive Echidna, and he's doing that allegedly through following what's written in the book, and what's mm-hmm. written in the book is to do what he's doing to the sanctuary i don't know it's all very strange but it's it's like he's he's essentially reading a book that's telling him what to do step by step right it's supposed to be predicting the future yeah more or less yeah Um, and the fact that he comes across things that that aren't written in the book he doesn't know what to do because it's like he's lived his entire life trying to figure out what to do based on what's in the book and if something comes out and it's not in the book he's like i don't know i don't know girl i mean it's kind of a very uh, a very heavy-handed motivation 
It is. I I agree. It is. It is. It is almost. I, I I stopped short of calling it a Deus Ex Machina, but it sort of feels like it's going that way. Yeah. Um. But the whole motive to revive Echidna, I think, is is a good motive. I mean, it good not in the sense of like right or wrong, but like it it makes sense. Oh no, yeah, that that one definitely makes sense. Um, and speaking of which, um, so another big part of this this half of the season is Amelia doing the trial, um, in the sanctuary. Uh, <laughs> can we talk? Can we talk about the love confession scene? What what are your thoughts on the love confession scene? I lo- <laughs> I loved it because it's the exact opposite of what I thought Subaru would say. Like he would go to Amelia and be like, "All oh, lovey dovey." He's like, "Yeah, I love you, baby. Let's be together forever." And he's like, "You know, you're a fucking pain in the ass, girl. I'm so over it. I am <laughs> okay. From day one, I hated Subaru's character, and then like." At, in season one when Amelia was like you're a selfish bitch how dare you like white knight me to Subaru I was like yes queen work work Amelia <laughs> and then after that she just turned out to be like a beta bitch and I'm like oh, I thought you were a boss bitch but actually you're just a beta bitch so d- I, I don't care about beta bitch uh, Amelia don't care about white knight Subaru so their love confession listen I don't give a fuck they can just <laughs> I I hate them both. So let me ask you this. Would you say that the actual romance element to the story is one of the weakest elements of it? Well, I'm biased because I don't even like the character. <laughs> so uh, I, okay. I can't really tell if the romance is good or not because I I don't I will not be invested in that. Okay, fair enough. I mean, let let's be honest, you and I both stand auto. <laughs> Mm, not really <laughs> I do okay I'm glad you do <laughs> uh, but no just the fact that he calls her like a crybaby <laughs> just like you're a pain in the Girl, ass she like... is such a crybaby she's like I mean be honest you might not like the confession but was Subaru wrong she was not wrong she okay. is a pain in the ass and annoying <laughs> okay Okay, see, 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 you agree with Su- you may not like Suru, but you agree with him. He, I can't, can't disagree with the truth. <laughs> um. So anyway, like they have that whole the whole moment and and the kiss finally. Um, it feels like, like it's been like they just eighteen like, seasons. They just like had like a little silhouette and they just started glowing, and I'm like, okay. I- <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of i did kind of laugh and chuckle at that when that happened it's like all right you're being a little too dramatic here let's move on um wait so are you invested in their relationship what do you think of the romance to to a certain degree yes because i know it's a driving force in the story uh, do i think it's like the best like portrayed romance in any isekai no um, I think it's very much Subaru fell in love at first sight and he's just trying to run it into the ground. Uh, sure. <laughs> Not, I, mean, I don't mean run it into the ground as in like he's trying to sabotage it. I mean like he is constantly reminding everyone around him that he loves Amelia. I, yeah, I don't know why he loves Amelia. Because 
Like I said, it's it's love at first sight. Like whatever. He, I genuinely think the entire thing was based on his physical attraction to her. I okay, like when he was confessing to her, he's like, "Oh, I love your white hair and your pale skin, your purple eyes and your slender body." And I'm like, "What the he, fuck is that?" He's literally no, he's <laughs> literally describing only that? physical attributes. I'm like, "How is that like when someone confesses to you, that's not what you want to hear." It's like, "What? It's just for the body? Like what is happening?" I know, like, that's something also that struck me during the convention. It's like, he's only describing physical attributes ever. No, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like someone who's fallen in love for the first time trying to, like, quantify their love. And the only thing they can think of is the physical attributes. Like, it's a very, um, it's a juvenile way of thinking about love. A devil's advocate is that, like, maybe he's trying to be, like, she hates her appearance because it looks like the witch. So she, he's like, I love your appearance, but I guess, but it still came out as really awkward and, and juvenile. Definitely. I mean, it is something that people have like point blank told Amelia to her face. Like she's like the devil. Cause she looks like the witch. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I guess I can kind of see that, but I, it just comes off. Like his love confession does come off as somewhat shallow when he just starts ra- rattling off a bunch of physical attributes that Amelia. Yeah, I'm like, is this like. supposed to convince her that, <laughs> that, that you're a good partner? Like what? Why would any girl be like, Oh my God, you like my body. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Let's go out. No, that makes no sense. You like my pale, slender body and my, like, glowing purple eyes? Oh, wow. my God. <laughs> I hate uh, it. But then, so shortly after this confession, um, and it, it's funny because uh, the thing that uh, Amelia chastises Subaru for is, like, being a liar because shortly before this happens, he meets her in, like, the cabin or house or wherever that she's resting at and he promises to stay by her side until she wakes up and she wakes up in the middle of the night and he's not there girl oh my god i dip i the first time i watched this i did not understand where he went and what he did second time i watched it i still did not understand so i had to go google like what the fuck happened and apparently i was supposed to uh put two and two together and figure out that he left her to write the words down in the in the trial walls all night and i'm like what a fucking so stupid so i i actually put that together when she walks in there and sees the writing it's like oh that's what he was doing (laughs) when i first saw that i was like this wouldn't take all night i'm like see i or or like it why necessarily that night couldn't have been any other time i don't know to me i couldn't put it together by myself I I mean I, I was able to put it together. I if I had been in that situation, I would have come up with a very convincing lie that I had to go pee. All night? Well no. She wakes up in the middle of the night. She doesn't know how long he's been gone. But he, she, been gone he, but he didn't come back in the morning. That's true. Okay, I'd I would i have to come up oh with a more God. convincing Alex lie is than the that. Worst obviously. Liar. <laughs> okay. Well this is why I'm not very good when I do imposter in Among Us. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, after this, she actually goes into the trial and she does the first trial where she has to see her past. Now, I want to tell you right now uh-huh. that child Amelia is cute as fuck. They definitely gave her a lot of uh, Q 
cutesy scenes. Oh! I want to just hug her. I, anyway. I hate Amelia, so... No, no, I no. mean, okay, well, yes. okay. You hate Amelia, but don't don't hate child Amelia. She's yeah, precious. Yeah, yeah, she's very cute. Blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> also, Mother Fortuna is a fucking milf. Don't. I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, uh, I mean, we don't see a lot of anime parents, so it was nice to see... Um, to see more scenes where you get to know um, her mom in a de- on a deeper level. So that was nice. There was a lot of good scenes with Mother Fortuna. So I appreciated yeah. that. Honestly, the the flashback with Amelia is probably the my favorite part of this of this season. It was a really I, interesting tale they told. Yeah, I would I would agree. I I think uh seeing the 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 three different parts of the trial that she did were actually the most interesting parts of the season which i'm i'm assuming are, is the point because it's what we spend the most time on uh but there's that, there's way more you see when you do when you look into her past than any anything else mm-hmm. um and it, it gives you a lot of information to the backstory of not just her but a couple of other characters that we've come to know too probably the uh the most important of which from the first season was Beetlejuice. Yeah. Uh, that was very um, disturbing to see him in such a normal light. <laughs> mm. <laughs> For sure. A... Like actually acting like a regular person. Yeah. And um, I mean, and by the end of the flashback, we see how and why he went crazy. So that was really cool to see that. Yeah, and it, it and it kind of makes sense as to why he went as crazy as he did, and and you know how we meet him in season one, it it flows very nicely, and it it makes sense in the actual story of it, which I thought was fantastic to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also cool seeing him as like this this really chill guy who just dotes on Amelia. Girl, that was so disturbing. Like, we go from this crazy, fucking clown man, <laughs> to. <laughs> to uh, like a father figure for Amelia is very is too much. So much whiplash. I can't. Mm. I can't process. Yeah, it's also worth mentioning that a lot of this is new to Amelia because of the contract she had with Puck. Was it like, the contract it with sealed Puck? away her memories, or was I th- or was it the Witch of Vanity? I for- well, I forget who the contract was actually with. I do. I do know that the the whole thing with her reliving her past was. Um, so that she could actually see these memories that had been sealed away. I think it might've been a combination. It may have been, I don't know. I'd have to go look that up. That's actually a good question. I'm sure that question was answered and I just wasn't paying attention during the season. I know the witch. (laughs) I know the witch of vanity took her memories away, but puck gave them back somehow. So I don't know what the connection is. Um, Um, but uh, the fact that, that Amelia was seeing a lot of this, quote-unquote, seeing a lot of this for the first time, remembering it for the first time, I guess would be more accurate to say. Um, and also the fact that Echidna um, goes through this and just berates Amelia all the way through this. I don't think we figure out why she hates Amelia. I like. I don't think we're supposed to know why. And I feel I am, like that's something that's going yeah, to be explained later. I definitely am curious. I think there's a tie-in with, um, with I guess, the backstory for the Witch of Envy that we're going to eventually have to get. 
because she's mm. the daughter of the witch of envy we figure that out yes um yeah like this, this the fact that Amelia, or echidna rather just keeps berating amelia all through it's like like it doesn't matter what amelia says like echidna's response is like i hate you i fucking hate you <laughs> I can't believe I I can't believe I'm here doing this with you. I fucking hate you. Uh, I love when Echidna berates her. I just pretend that I'm Amelia and Echidna is just berating me. I knew you were gonna like, say that. It's like uh, you just put yourself you put yourself in the shoes of Amelia. It's like exactly. yes, girl, fucking tell me I'm a bitch. Exactly. Oh man. Um. Something else that also happens in this, we get uh, the whole thing with Regulus, who, correct me if I'm wrong, was actually in the very beginning of the second season. He was somewhere. I don't remember where. I feel like it, I feel like he was in the first episode of the second season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I could be wrong, but yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yes, he did appear in the first episode of the second season. So I'm not crazy. I'm not fucking crazy. Um, so we actually see him uh, and the uh, and Pandora and the Witch Vanity and the Archbishop okay. Greed. Listen, <laughs> there were seven sins. Where does Vanity fit in? Why do we have a Witch of Vanity <laughs> and an Archbishop of Greed? I mean, at least Greed is an actual sin. Um, and that that fight with Beetlejuice and Fortuna, like that was that was good too. That I thought was that was good. really well done. Very emotional, um, very intense. Mm. I really, uh, honestly, the thing that makes the fight so good in ReZero is they have really good sound effects. Like I love the sound mm. effects for like and and good music yeah. too. Mm-hmm, that too. Uh, yeah, that's it. Definitely sells the fights more so than just like the the animation or the art itself i mean those are usually pretty good too mm-hmm. um but yeah the just the the foley and the sound effects being used for it plus the the music just creates this great um this great sensation while you're watching these fight scenes mm-hmm. yeah i completely agree and um, during that oh, fight ahead. like we get a lot of dialogue from the witch of vanity and she's just like a passive aggressive mm-hmm. bitch and i love it mm-hmm. she's like I don't understand how humans work, so I'm just gonna like poke them and prod them until they break. <laughs> are you uh, are you saying that you like this because you can relate to it? Exactly. <laughs> but I, I uh, honestly, the the dialogue or the script writing for a lot of this show is really good, and the Witch of Vanity's script is uh, one of the one of the highlights for sure. Yeah, that's something I did want to point out, like. I mean, you kind of complained about it a little bit at the at the beginning, like about how much people are ta- like talking to each other and monologuing. But like a lot of it's very well written, especially in the second season. It's, like the dialogue between mm-hmm. some of these characters is very well written. It is well written, but it's also a lot of bullshit. So uh-huh. <laughs> they a lot of the characters are very verbose. They are. Uh, it, it reminds me a lot of Monogatari, honestly. I mean, that's why I like it so much. Maybe that's oh that why God. I like it. I do it's love just another the... harem like Monogatari. All right, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you right now. <sighs> anyway, um, so something we actually see in this in the flashback to Amelia's past is like the door with the seal on it, mm-hmm. and like I, I don't know what you would call that area that it's in. I just call it like the the valley with the flowers in it. I don't sure. know. 
the field, whatever. Um, but it's also got it's also like got this permafrost all over it, mm-hmm. which is like why is there permafrost only this one area and the rest of the forest is very like lush and and it looks like it'd be very humid. Not suspicious at all. I know. <laughs> and then you got the giant door, which seemingly leads to nowhere with a giant fucking lock on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing. The, the whole thing that, that, that like propagates this fight is Pandora wanting to open the seal on the door. Girl, we still don't even know what's behind the seal. What What is behind the seal? Tell me. <laughs> I'm so curious. <laughs> Again, I feel like that's something that may be in a se- another season. <laughs> I guess so. Um, and also, like, there's another fight that kind of ensues here with um, Pandora, like, stepping in and trying to save uh, Amelia. And then, like, the, the whole, the, the crux of the, like, the, the climax of this fight is Beetlejuice coming in to try and save uh, Fortuna. And he actually thinks he's hit uh Pandora with his attack and it ends up being uh Fortuna that he hits and he just slices right through her body. Oh, that was such a such a <laughs> such an I don't know how to describe that. That was a very dramatic scene. <laughs> it was very dramatic. Though I feel like his reaction to it when he realizes what's happened is kind of real. Like I feel like that's how a lot of people would react if they just found out they accidentally killed the person that they loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very because, tragic. I mean, that's the word I was looking for. It's a very tragic yes. scene. Yes, and it's it's never outright said. You can obviously tell that Beetlejuice has the hots for Fortuna. <laughs> Yeah, they're clearly. Um, it's a big show. Yeah, I can say it's, it's never outright said, but you can tell by his reaction that he was definitely in love with her. Um, and he has that realization that, oh my God, I've just killed this person that I love. And like that's the part where you realize this is what made him go fucking insane. Yeah, that was a really good, really good justification for the insanity. Mm hmm. And then it makes everything that happened with him, at least, in season one make a lot more sense. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. Then you have, like, sense. right right after that, you have Fortuna dies in Amelia's arms. Amelia has, like, this moment of, like, I don't know, rage, I guess you would say, and ends up freezing the forest. I like how the Witch of Vanity was like, oh, your mother's dead. You don't have to keep your promise. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes now. She, now she's gonna want to open the door for you, Miss Vanity. That totally makes <laughs> sense. Uh, that yeah. that was really. Uh, I found that really funny. Um, yeah, I also like how Mila's reaction is like, "Die, die, die, die," and she just keeps freezing mm-hmm. herself more and more. Um, and then like. Another thing you see from or you glean from this is that the whole reason that Amelia is in the royal selection is because she wants Rosewall to thaw the frozen village. Yeah. And I mean, Rosewall's kind of a dick. He's like, I could thaw it, but why don't you do what I tell you and then I'll thaw it? But we've already known mm. that Rosewall's a dick, so he's just more of a dick. Yeah. Um, so for the other two 
uh, trials that she goes through, you see a lot. They, they obviously don't take up anywhere near as much time. You see an alternate present where, you know, that fight never happens and Fortuna and Beetlejuice essentially get together and they become a family. Like, that was sweet. That was, I like, yeah. That was, that was, that was cool. Um, and then I, the thing that, that strikes me about that, seeing that, that trial was, you know, the conduit, I guess, for telling her that, that the trial is Archie, who's one of the people from the village that she was in. Um, but then he disappears when uh, she says that like, she's at peace with this. Like, she's accepted that this could have happened, but it's like, I'm okay with how things are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, a kid that shows up and she's like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> I love Echidna. <laughs> and then just disappears. Like the whole re- she all she does is she shows up, says, I fucking hate you, and disappears. Bye. <laughs> and then Amelia just jumps off. She's like, I'm done with it. I'm done. Yeah, and jumps off into the water. It's funny because in that particular um in that particular trial that she's in, every time she looks at a reflective surface, she can't see her reflection. Yeah, I didn't get that. But then when she jumps into the water, she can. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's supposed to be about, like, I, th- I think it's supposed to be symbolic of accepting who you are. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, yeah, I guess so. It was a bit strange. It was It was a bit, uh, maybe that's a bit over the top of presumption on my part, but I that's what I took away from it, that it's supposed to represent you accepting who you are, that you can't see your reflection. I guess so. Uh, and then the, for the final um, trial that she goes in, she has to actually see a possible future that awaits her. Um, and it's pretty hellish. Everything is destroyed. I guess. We saw it for like half a second, and then we're just like bombarded, bombarded with all with these voices. voices. It's like, girl, Akina was like, listen, I spent all week preparing the first trial. I didn't think you'd get through it. So I wasn't quite ready for the third trial, honey. So this is what you get. This is this is what I have prepared, honey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She's like, not quite fully prepared, but this is what we got. Um, I yeah. think that we may not have seen the full trial because that future might actually come to pass. So mm. we'll see the actual future when it occurs later down the road, which I hope because I really enjoy... Uh, suffering, which is why I watched the first season, and we need more of it. Mm-hmm. Everybody should just suffer, especially since I hate all these I, characters. So, I, for the least I, I they like could to... do is suffer. <laughs> I love, well, there's there's definitely going to be suffering. It's re zero. Uh, I like to imagine that that future that we saw for like half a second, where everything is all destroyed and everything, is the future that we would that would have happened had Super actually said yes to Rim. <laughs> You're funny. You're very funny. You're very funny. I I think it's funny because there's actually a set of like I, I assume they're not canon stories. I think they're just called if where it basically examines what would have happened if Subaru had just run off with Rim. Oh. Uh. Well, um, so I just like to imagine that's what would have happened. Everything would have been destroyed. I think that spinoff was a bit more uh, lighthearted. <laughs> I, it may have been. I haven't read it, but you know what? I like to think what would have happened is the entire world would just blown up. That would be great. <laughs> um, so, so some other stuff that we actually see in this. Oh, it's also worth mentioning that uh, after 
she does do the third trial. It's also funny because she goes to the same like hillside where Echidna had the tea party with Subaru, and she's not there. She's like, I'm out, bitches. I'm done. <laughs> and one of the other witches shows up and is like, yeah, she didn't want to be here. She doesn't like you very much. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> she says all you gotta do is go through that door and the trial is over mm-hmm. she's like alright but promise me when all this is over we all come back here and have tea together I'm like alright now, now I see what you're doing you're setting up an ending alright cool uh-huh. uh, <laughs> I guess the, then she those goes are through. her aunts I don't know they might be related because they're all witches I, whatever I guess um, but then she goes through the door. She breaks the barrier uh, the, of the sanctuary. Um, and it's it's funny because the whole, the barrier is apparently tied to Echidna's corpse. Yeah, I don't. That's, I didn't get that. Well, I guess since it's a graveyard, she's supposed to be buried here. But I thought. I mean, we'll get to it later. But like, wasn't the barrier supposed to be tied to Ryuzu Meyer? Like what? Why is her corpse I think it's there? meant to be tied to both. I don't know. Like when we, because when we see the backstory with Ryuzu Meyer, I guess. Well, I guess we didn't actually see what happened after Ryuzu sacrificed herself. So maybe Echidna had to sacrifice herself as well. I don't know. I just assumed that Echidna stayed alive after that, but maybe she died. I don't know. I I kind of did too. I I don't know. This is something that I I wasn't entirely clear on. Um. But um, anyway, some other stuff that we got to see in this season. We got to see Otto's backstory. What a bro. What a bro. They really tried to sell him hard as a bro. <laughs> I think they succeeded. Girl, um, anime is just so over the top with the bro stuff. Like, they made it way so extra. Like, you got Otto, like, feeling up Subaru's chest. You got them both blushing and then they're having like these moments where the piano music is just like softly playing in the background and i'm like i genuinely thought he was about to kiss Supru. i'm not even joking yeah i'm like at first i was like oh this is like the token gay oh no we we, we already have a token gay quote-unquote gay um, love interest in Felix. Well, this is the second token gay love interest because Felix is busy, I guess. Um, but no, it was just a bro. But I'm like, girl, girl, these animators need to do better with differentiating between bro and ho. Cause bro and homo? <laughs> bro and homo with a H-O-E. Because... <laughs> Because Otto's definitely hoeing around. <laughs> uh, I did like seeing his backstory, though. It gave a lot more um, depth to his character, I thought. Uh, it kind of... The whole the whole thing with this backstory did kind of come out of nowhere. It's like... It felt like they were trying to shoehorn this in. Yeah, they just, like, popped it in. I'm like, okay, here we go. Story time. Uh, <laughs> I honestly wasn't expecting Otto to be... Uh, a character that got development he seemed like super minor and irrelevant but we got it and it was all right i guess yeah i mean i i personally like the the development that he got and, and it is it's it's 
cool to me because like he was such a minor character in the first season. He may have had five lines total in the entirety of the first season, if that. And now he's developed into like this uh, pretty much a main character for the second season, um, which I mean that that's fucking awesome. I thought, and I I, li- I love the way they developed him. Well, he really um, trying to be one of the main cast, but like he really didn't have that that uh, integral of a role to play. He was just like, please, I want to be part of the group, please. And they're like, fine, just go like carry the women and children out of the house. You know, when you when you do that voice, you sound exactly like him. I hate it here. <laughs> um, so uh, part of getting Otto's backstory was uh, them them being both Otto and uh, Ram confronting Garfield to try and get them on their side. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, and you actually find out some stuff about Garfield that we didn't know before about like why he was left in the sanctuary. Yeah, that was really interesting. Um, it was a bit convoluted with how like he had like different memories because he made mm-hmm. up memories because he was like emotionally distraught, and then the real past was different from what he remembered. And I'm like, okay a lot of things happening but i did appreciate it i Mm. um that was i did appreciate the development for garfield we love that it was actually um quite poignant uh the fact that the scar on his forehead was from him slamming his head into a pillar because that's where his mom kissed him that was Mm. pretty intense uh, I like that because we didn't really know much about Garfield except like his character design and he has a really cool character design so incorporating part of that design into his backstory uh, was also really cool yeah and that scene where he has to say goodbye to his mom was kind of sad to be honest uh, I don't remember honestly he said goodbye <laughs> to his mom <laughs> yeah where they're standing like at the edge of the sanctuary and like I don't know. To me, it was kind of sad. Sure, sure. Um, just the way it's 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 portrayed. Uh, but yeah, I love I love the fact that, like you say, they they integrated part of his character design and in- into his backstory. Like it makes sense now. Like before, you thought, oh, he's got a scar on his forehead. It's just to be cool, you know, or you know, to be to look edgy. But no, like it actually has a fucking purpose. It's so that he doesn't forget where his mom kissed him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so, it's kind of a, a a bit much to remember something, but I mean, hey, you do you, honey. Mm-hmm. And to uh, to match the five hundred year old lolly, we have the fourteen year old muscle daddy. So we have yeah, right. We have all the anime tropes all in one. We so wait that. a minute, wait a minute. Does that make him a shota? We're not having this discussion. <laughs> I'm just genuinely curious. I would not consider him a Is there such a thing shota? as a muscle shota? No, he doesn't look like a shota at all. Uh, I was shocked when they said he's only 14 years old. I'm like, he, got, he looks at least like 17, 18. Yeah, he definitely does look like an adult. He does not look like he's 14 years old. I do love Subaru's reaction to finding out he's older than Garfield. Uh, it was very... It was a very... I don't know... Like, con- like, very cliche kind of like, oh, he's fourteen years old. Oh 
my god uh. okay <laughs> wow okay that's lovely uh uh, something else that we got was we got a another flashback backstory for uh, both Rosewall and uh, Beatrice and Ryuzu. We love that. This is this is the back flash flashback. <laughs> the this back is the flash flashback season. We love a good flashback season. <laughs> I like you the back flash flashback. Listen. <laughs> I have not had a lot of sleep, okay? I spent all okay. night watching this damn god fucking annoying show. <laughs> Whose fault is that? Girl, it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we got we got a lot of really good, I think, uh backstory for these characters as well, particularly Rosewall and um and Beatrice cuz like even as much as we saw Beatrice in the uh in the first season, um, we haven't got to see her a whole lot in the second season. We don't know that much about her, like, at all. Yeah, I like how she acts literally the same in the backs. In the, oh, I hate it, <laughs> not the backflash. In the flashback! <laughs> as the as she acts currently i'm like girl you didn't you didn't you didn't grow at all you're still you're still the 400 year old lolly <laughs> and she looks exactly the same too uh-huh. she's wearing the exact same outfit yeah at least roswell has like a different personality which kind of ties into uh eventually uh in the flashback the sanctuary gets attacked by hector the devil of melancholy who looks and talks like how um, Roswell currently looks and talks. I guess looks, uh, by looks I mean dresses, because I think they have like a similar outfit. Um, so that's very curious. I don't think, I don't think they quite explained why he looks like Hector. Or, or what even who Hector there. is. Maybe, maybe it's, it's something that occurred immediately after Yuzu sacrificed herself and that we didn't see. Um, but that's definitely curious. It is curious. I, I feel like this is definitely another thing that's going to be explained if we get another season, hopefully. Um, I Like you say, it, it does seem somewhat reminiscent of, of Rosewall. Maybe there's some time travel at play. I don't know. Honestly, Hector, like his hairstyle and his eyes remind me a lot of Subaru and from from uh, the last, I call it a season. From the first part of this season, uh, I was saying that Roswell is just a time traveling version of Subaru. So you know, Roswell, Hector, and Subaru—they're all the same person. That's that's my theory. Okay, they're all well, we the also, same person. Uh, we, one of the things that's hinted at, and we actually get confirmation of it later, is that Roswell has actually just been essentially cloning himself i guess you could say but i don't know what was he was implying he was like i so what i got from that was that he's actually implanting his soul into other bodies yes he's doing that but then he was like uh, beatrice was like you can't do that because the host won't take the soul and he's like it'll take it if the host is close enough and i'm like okay and Beatrice is like, oh! <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So, my my thoughts about this is either there's some kind of implied incest going on here, or uh, asexual reproduction, uh, honey, 
or like he's having children with people and then implanting them into his own child probably that's probably what happened that's what i think like he's just going to finding like random like women to hook up with and have a child and then immediately takes a child away and implants his soul into them we love that we we here at Anime Club After Dark do not condone condone child theft. Child theft, <laughs> not <laughs> kidnapping. Oh dear, how do you know um, it's kidnapping? Anyways, uh, <laughs> one of the things we also learned, <laughs> moving on, uh, about the sanctuary is why it was created in the first place. It was actually created, uh, in part, uh, mostly by Echidna to protect uh, her research. I, yeah, I, I can't. It was also implied that it needed to be protected because Hector was coming after them, which I don't know why he was coming after them. Also, it seems that Hector and Echidna have some sort of history that I would be interested in knowing because I'm jealous mm. of Hector and I want to get with <laughs> Echidna. Okay, <laughs> no, but I am interested in knowing because it's I do I, I do like Echidna, so I need to know more about her. Mm. Uh, and then we find out like the whole thing with Ryuzu's sacrifice, right? Um, where she kind of has to give up herself to become part of this barrier, which I am still a little confused on because we see Echidna, her like her corpse being like the, I don't know, the focal point of the barrier, I guess. But maybe Ryuzu's body or her mana or whatever ode, whatever they call it in this 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 universe. Uh, is powering it but it has to be focused through echidna's body i don't know i don't know that the way magic works in this universe is not exactly well described um, i love how like at the end of the story beatrice is just like say the say the magic word and the, and you can perform the spell as well and super's like okay and then he just starts like doing this crazy spell shit and i'm like yeah Okay, that makes sense. Yep. How magic works in ReZero is not exactly very well defined. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's how, that's from for now until I'm told different. That's kind of what I'm assuming that Ryuzu's mana is what's powering the barrier, but it has to be focused through Echidna's body somehow or her mana. She doesn't really make sense because, like, Echidna planned for this, so why would she plan to die? That makes no sense. But I know, like, I don't understand either. Um, maybe hopefully that's something that I mean. Either I missed something that was that was um, that was actually explained in this season, and I just completely missed it, um, or it's something that's going to be explained later as to how it actually works. Um, but. Um, Anyway, we find that out too, and the whole fact that it creates clones of her that serve as like guardians. Uh huh. That was that was kind of weird. There's a lot and of like, Yuzu. Only four of them can be active at a time. I, that was to me. That's pretty convoluted. Um, sure. It's very very anyway, random number to pick. I know. Um. Anyway, um, so then we have what essentially is the final confrontation, more or less, of this um, this season, and that's 
well, we actually have a couple of things going on all at one time. We have a fight between Rosewall and Ram and Puck. Um, we have Subaru going off to try and save the mansion um, because obviously he knows what's going to happen there. It's one of the things that he's been planning for. Um, and then at the very end of all this, we kind of have it all come together with a fight with the Great Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what this was all re- reminiscent of to me? I, you might laugh when I say this. Wow. Um, how you have these like three different storylines all happening like simultaneously, but it's all um, it's all to serve a singular purpose. Oh, it reminds me very much of the final battle in um, Star Wars: Return of the Jedi. I knew with the fight above that. Endor. Um, because you have these three different storylines that are taking place, but they're all essentially leading to the same conclusion. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that about the way this was set up. Um, the fight with the, like with Rosewall and Ram and Puck, for example, like you find out that Rosewall was actually the one that burned Ram's village down to the ground. Yeah, that was, that was, I did not expect that. <laughs> I did not expect that either. Um, and then, like, ra- ra- the whole revelation that Ram made the deal with Rosewall um, I think, to, like, yeah. essentially be a servant for him. I think it was implied that, like, if she provided services to him, then uh, he let her kill him after he got what he wanted. Which yeah. I was like, okay, sure sure but yeah i i I mean it's more um we get to learn the motivations for ram and roswell and more of the backstory so it was Mm. good to get to know the characters better and we got to see big puck Uh, not big puck (laughs) big puck is not that (laughs) um oh also the revelation that ram has fallen in love with roswell Uh, i hate it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was implied from the first season when they were having like a late night rendezvous and like Ram was on Roswell's nap. Uh, he was on the. She was on his lap in like the moonlight, like looking through the window. I feel like that. Yeah, I, I to me that that implied from the beginning is like they're banging, right? Yeah, but like I don't want them to bang. This is so weird. Uh, listen, clowns don't deserve love. No love for clowns. <laughs> wow. No love for wow. clowns. You you heard it here first, everyone. No love Show for clowns. Show to get clowns. No. Um, it did kind of seem out of left field, um, for me. Like, so one of the things that I've I've said from the, I kind of used to say it as a joke that Ram was better than Rim, but this season kind of proved it that Ram was better than Rim because Ram's unconscious. <laughs> what do you want? I from know. Her? I know. Oh my god! It's the best position for her to be oh, in. No, um, unconscious and useless. I like how they didn't even really explain why Ram is in love with Roswell. She's just like, I should hate you for all these reasons, but I don't. I love you. <laughs> Let's like, make out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's great. <laughs> uh, that fight was pretty cool, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The fight between Rosewall and Ram and Puck was 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 really cool. Um, like when the, when the sad music started playing toward the end of that one episode, and the fight hadn't ended yet, I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, someone's gonna die, someone's gonna die here. 
who's it gonna be and then you're it's like it's almost like a um uh, like a cliffhanger ending where the last thing you see is Ram getting engulfed with flame. You're like, oh shit, Ram's dead. Girl, they ragdolled her body right out of the forest. <laughs> uh, but then at the same time, you actually see uh, Super's mission like back to the mansion. Uh, that was crazy. That 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 whole that whole shit was crazy hmm, with we... fighting Elsa oh, yeah. and. Uh, uh, I forget what's what's the little girl's name from the village. Oh, whatever. I don't know her name either. Miley? Not, not Miley. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> it's fucking Miley Cyrus. I don't know, girl. Maylee. Maylee. Okay. Is the little girl's name. Uh, that fight was pretty awesome, especially because you have um, Garfield and um, his sister, Fe- Frederica. Uh <laughs> Their their reunion like that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we got to see together. more of Elsa, my second favorite character after Echidna. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a brief backstory for Elsa, which was nice. Uh, I would have appreciated more, but whatever. Also, I don't like that she died. Uh, okay, I get it. I uh, see. 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 I have a feeling that she may not be quite. Dead okay, yet. I hope so. Cause I just I I, she may be because I haven't read I haven't read the source material I don't know, um, I just get this strange feeling that she might not be quite dead. She better not be. I need more of her. I'm not done with her. Also, I want to say like this has happened multiple times, not just in th- in this because she hasn't really been around much with Frederica, uh, but it happened a lot in the first half of the season of people calling her Fred. I get that it's supposed to be short for Frederica, but that's a guy's name. <laughs> it's just like it's just like Sam for Samantha. I know. It just every time I hear Fred, I'm like, who's Fred? Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Whatever, she's not that relevant of a character anyways. You don't have to remember her. Yeah, she may be irrelevant later. Who knows? I mean, that same thing happened with Otto. Um, But yeah, Elsa's backstory was kind of interesting. I I do, like you, wish we could have gotten a little bit more. Um, But maybe crazy bitch just a crazy bitch. No. Um, (laughs) Also... Something that happens while this is going on is Subaru is desperately trying to convince Beatrice to leave the Forbidden Library, which he does. He gives a, a really great speech to her, by the way, about like how she's basically wasted her life waiting for something that may never actually fucking happen. I love how he always insults the people that he's trying to convince. I know, and it works. I like how he also decided to not say that he was that person she was waiting for i'm like Mm. you make it so much harder girl you make it so much more difficult but he got her out yeah he did um and i mean the the idea was to save the mansion he definitely saves everyone in the mansion um but i think the mansion itself is a lost cause whatever they have magic they can fix it (laughs) It does burn down pretty substantially. I like the I like the one scene you get with everyone kind of standing outside of it, and like the entire townspeople from the bottom of the hill come up and just watch it burn. I wonder if this actually happened like in medieval times when stuff caught on fire. If just the entire town would just come watch it burn, Girl. like that was their entertainment. 
Girl, the villagers were like, we're living in a fucking hut, and you're living in this, like, 1,000-room mansion. Honey, eat the rich. Honey, I'm going to grab my popcorn. <laughs> I'm going to watch this mansion burn down. <laughs> I mean, there was no one in it. Good. Allegedly. Well, I know that's technically not true. I mean, assuming that Elsa is dead, her body would have been burned in the mansion. So at least one person died. That's true. We didn't get to see what happened to May Lee. Mate, whatever yeah, her name is. Yeah, I, I don't think that was... I, I think she just ran away, which, I mean, kind of makes sense. She was getting her ass beat. Mm, I, also, that, yeah. that scene where that scene where um, where Garfield takes the, the magic hippo that she has... Oh, God. And twists his neck around like three or four times and just rips the head off. That was pretty cool. That was something, all right. Garfield's a beast, literally. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Um, it was that scene where Garfield and Elsa both bit each other's neck was really, <laughs> it was really weird. It was really weird. It's like, uh, it's like what are is y'all happening? Like, do y'all need a room? What is happening? Yeah, that that was a little weird. Um, but hey, you do what you got to do if you're losing a fight, right? I guess so. Uh, and then the last part of this um this fight or this this battle i guess was um amelia coming out of the third trial and she actually sees the the entire place covered in snow where it was like not that way at all when she went in mm-hmm. um and i find it funny that all the the villagers within the sanctuary were um like huddled in this like crystal ice thing to protect them from the snow and they all think it's Amelia that did it, but it was actually Puck. Mm-hmm. And she just touches the thing and it shows her exactly where Puck is. It's like, all right, that's actually like, unless that was completely accidental or coincidental, like good on Puck for realizing that this would happen. Girl, Puck is the biggest deus ex machina. He's always there to like help someone who can't get out of the situation by themselves. It's like, oh, can't do it yourself just ask puck honey just ask puck <laughs> um but you find out uh, well part of it is the great rabbit was attracted to uh i guess where they were because of amelia i think i guess so um i don't know it's kind I of implied exactly, that i, I yeah guess. i don't exactly know why they had to make it snow to get the rabbit but whatever it's probably because it's written in the book. It's like, first it snows, then the rabbit comes. Okay, don't question it. It's in the book. I'm like, okay, whatever. Mm. But anyway, uh, it all it all kind of culminates in this final battle where you have Subaru, Beatrice, and Amelia fighting the great rabbit. Um, and that scene where, <laughs> like you said it before, where Beatrice is like, just try it. All you got to do is say the magic words, Subaru. And Subaru's like, oh, <laughs> And then it just like all <laughs> pops out, and I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, that was pretty cool though. Like the whole thing with them, like making a perimeter around the rabbits, yeah. and then Amelia lifting it up. I mean, it seemed a bit anticlimactic considering uh, when we were first introduced to the rabbits, how horrific they were. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. I, I kind of expected a little more myself, to be honest. I didn't think it would be over as quick as it was. Um, and maybe in the novels, it's described in greater detail. And maybe they did this just because they wanted to end it 
now. Um, I don't know. Um, it was it was a bit like I, I expected more. I, I really did. Um, I mean, it was cool what we got to see, um, especially the way it was animated. But I, I just was kind of expecting more, considering, like you say, how the Great Rabbit was originally introduced. Um, it seems like it, for a for like a great mob beast or whatever they call them, um, it went down a lot easier than the white whale. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's it's funny because when they were first introduced, they were like it was touted as something that was more dangerous than the white whale. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it seemed pretty simple to eradicate. And I mean, at least the the great rabbit doesn't fuck with people's memories. That's true. the white whale did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it was a bit of a letdown. I wish we could have gotten a little more of that, but um, I'm happy with what we got. Um, <laughs> the the scene, one of the scenes after that battle's over made me chuckle. That scene where Subaru and Amelia are sitting in front of like the graveyard, right? <laughs> and so. so Amelia's like, but what are we gonna do about this baby in my tummy? Oh my god, that's so. <laughs> and cliche. Subaru's like, what? And she's like, well, you kissed me. That's how babies are made. <laughs> and Subaru in English says, "Pardon." That was so <laughs> that, stupid. That made me laugh so much, especially as someone who's into VTube as much as I am, VTubers as much as I am, because it just reminded me so much of. Sada Pekra going, pardon? <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that. Mm. That I, I I fucking busted out laughing when he said that. I genuinely did. Why is it though that this trope, I guess, in anime of like anytime a, a boy and a girl touch, like, oh, I'm pregnant now. Like, how bad must the sex education be in? Japan. Girl, that's why the birth rate's going down. Girl, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> they don't realize that they gotta do more than just kiss their whole hands. Yeah, they're doing it wrong, girl. Uh, anyway, that, that scene really made me laugh. Um, and then you see and then you see the scene of um, of Rosewall getting his comeuppance where everyone just punches him right in the face. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was pretty good, too. It was something. Uh, anyway, uh, oh, and then you see the, the seal that's on his chest that like, that was so big. It was, that's what she said. Um, no love. I guess (laughs) that I, I guess makes it so that he actually can't betray them even if he wants to now, simply because of the, the bet that he made with Subaru. I like how just like a casual bet like turns into like a full-blown seal like who drew up the seal when did this happen what is happening (laughs) uh so anyway i guess that's that's something going forward that he now actually has to help them or he dies Mm -hmm. Uh, that's cool (laughs) and sewer's response to like what would have happened if i'd lost well then you would have had the seal and super's like ah (laughs) um and then, like the, the 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 season ends with him uh, Subaru getting knighted by Amelia. Now, at first, I thought this was supposed to imply that she had already won the royal selection, but I guess not, based on their conversation after the fact. 
Um, uh-huh. But I was a little confused by that at first. Like I didn't know if it was like a time skip or 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 something. But I guess she can knight people just because. Well, yeah, she's a noble. Like all of the candidates have knights. True. But I was not. I confused. guess. I, I, I don't know. For, for some reason, I thought there was like a time skip or something. Um, but um, yeah, I. What do you think of that scene? Uh, well, I just am not happy that it ended on a happy note because I don't come here for happiness. I come here for suffering, and like. Well, to be fair, to be fair, the first scene season ended on a happy note too. Yeah, but the. Yeah, I didn't like that either. And everybody, oh my god, all the novel people were, like, screaming about how if they just ended it, like, a minute later, it would have been a sad scene. And I'm like, why don't you end it a minute later then? That would have been a better ending. I do remember that when we when we, when we were watching it the first season back when it first aired, like, the after that second episode, or the, the, the last episode dropped of that season, I remember two or three people on our podcast going like, if they'd only ended it like two minutes later, it would have been such a great cliffhanger. Yeah, they should have, but they're like, no, we got to end it happy. No one cares. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want these people to be happy. I want these people to be sad. So I came here. It's not what I got. Okay. I, I, I feel like, I, I feel like part of the reason this first season ended the way it did was because there was never really any intentions to immediately go into a second season. Um, probably. And of course, that's kind of how anime was back then. There were no guarantees of second seasons, and you know, mostly anime was made to sell uh, the manga or the light novels or whatever the source material happened to be. But um, four and a half years later, we get a, a second season. Um, my question is, you know, seeing how this ended uh, again on a happy note like the first season, are we going to have to wait another four and a half, five years for a third season? It seems like it, because they gave us the happy ending. I, you know, I was kind of surprised that at the end we, they didn't say, you know, give some kind of indication that there was going to be a, a, another season. Um, you know, like maybe ending it on a cliffhanger, or um, I mean, they definitely ended on some stuff like you know, uh, Subaru telling Amelia like we need to talk about, or no, Amelia telling Subaru we need to talk about something. Like, all right, what do we need to talk about? So obviously, that's going to be what the third season assuming there is one starts on oh i just thought they were gonna be like um so we're getting married this time we're gonna get engaged this time <laughs> I, no i think she was gonna talk about more about like their relationship or whatever it's like i i mean still i think that's gonna be what the the third season starts i on, hope I not assume. um Anyway, we know that they were about to go do something after the party was over. Uh-huh. Um, so that, and, and there's still the royal selection, obviously, yeah. that needs to happen. Um, so that's, I feel like that's probably going to be what is covered in the third season, assuming that there is one. Like I say, I really hope that we don't have to wait years and years for it like we did this time. I mean, if we have to wait another year, that's fine. I mean, obviously, with everything that's gone on over the last year and a half, that makes sense. Um you know, studios are backed up and, and stuff is piling. I, I get it. Um, but part of the reason that I didn't give this season probably as high a score as I wanted to is simply because I had to wait so long for it. Mm. I feel like if it had been like a year or a year and a half after the first season, it would have been 
that it received. Not to say that it was badly received anyway. Um, I mean, the general consensus seems to be that this second season was pretty good. Um, but it wasn't as much of, um, I want to say like a cultural event like the first season was. Cause like you remember when the first season of this aired, like it was everywhere. It's what everyone was talking about every single week. Yeah. Really? And like, I remember mm-hmm. with this, the second season, like, yeah, people were kind of talking about it a little bit here and there, but it wasn't the big event every week that the first season was. Yeah. I feel like a lot of second seasons are like that. The first mm-hmm. season is always the most popular one maybe i still feel that while i don't think that it was necessarily as good as the first season the second season overall was still pretty damn good yeah it was very good i definitely think it was well written um and i think it did a good job of getting the old viewership uh back into the show i think it grabbed our attention really well in the first couple episodes of the first part i think something else that may have uh, helped the second season is the fact that they did the director's cut of the first season leading up to the second season. Mm. Um, I think for people that may have missed ReZero the first time around, they gave him a chance to actually watch it again right before it aired. I didn't watch it. Um, I, well, I did, and I know that Natai did as well. Um, I mean, it's I mean the, the animation is cleaned up and the art is a little bit better. Obviously, it's essentially the art and or the animation you would have gotten in the Blu-rays. Um, but and then there's a couple of scenes here and there, you know, ten, fifteen second scenes that have been added in to give a couple of things a little more context. Um, but yeah, I mean overall, I I think that this second season has been really good, and I'm hoping we get a third season announcement soon ish uh what would you give the second half of the second season out of 10 though show um so i mean i like the scripts even though not on the rewatch but on the first watch it's a really good script they had good dialogue um i do like the fantasy setting in general and i do like the premise and the whole plot line and all the character development Mm -hmm. In general, it's a very well-written story. However, I like I've said, I do not like the main cast of characters. I just they're just annoying, and uh, I don't like Emilio or Subaru. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. That's considering everything you just said. It's very generous. Um, I'm here for the plot, I- not for. Subaru. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but you're here for the suffering. Let's be honest. Yeah, I also like the mystery aspect of it, like trying to figure mm. out how to solve the problem with each arc. That's also very interesting. Yeah, um, and which is helped along by the whole cook of the return by death thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can fuck up, and like it's a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. I'm kind of with you on a lot of the stuff that you said. I mean, I personally like Amelia and Subaru as characters. Um, I do agree that they can be both annoying at times, especially Subaru. Um, but um, I just like, I genuinely like the story is still, um, I, I love the setting. I, I really wish the magic system in this could actually be fucking explained. Um, it's really confusing 
how it actually works. Um, uh, I, I like the direction the story is going, or at least it seems to be going where um, we're just slowly solving these mysteries one after the other. Um, we're not having to wait two or three seasons to get every single mystery solved. And, you know, once one mystery gets solved, it's actually introducing maybe another smaller mystery to solve along the way. I'm, I like the fact that sometimes even minor characters are getting really good development. I like that a lot too. Um, I'm excited to see what more comes from ReZero. So I think I give this a nine out of ten. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, the second half of the second season of Re Zero. Um, thanks, White Fox. You did pretty good. <laughs> uh, thank you all there for dropping in to listen to us talk about this. Check the description below to find links to Anime Club After Dark on Twitch, on social media, and on Discord. Check out our merch store and our affiliate links as well. Any purchases you make there do really help us out. With that, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Second night show. No love for clowns. No. <laughs>